You're listening to Misunderstood Podcast, where we're setting the record straight on all things misunderstood. I'm your host, Kelly Hall, pageant runner-up, model, speaker, entrepreneur, pageant queen, and U.S. Navy lieutenant. I may have never won a Miss USA title, but I am the queen of being misunderstood. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, guys. What is up, world? Welcome back. Super pumped because today's episode is all about the five steps really I took immediately after getting engaged, which means if you're listening to this... You either are engaged, woohoo, or you're thinking about getting engaged, also exciting, or you're like, "Mm, I want to plan. I'm very, very curious with what she has to say. And you know what? Good on you. We love a good planner. So I wish that I had like a guide when I first got engaged because holy mackerel, it is the most overwhelming thing. Like, first, you just got it proposed to, and you're like, wow, this is so awesome. And like, emotionally, you're overwhelmed. And then to tell everyone, and then everyone's congratulating you, and then you're on cloud nine. And then I'd say for me, it was like day five. It hit me like a ton of bricks. Boom. You have to plan a wedding, (laughs) which is exciting. I mean, it definitely, definitely is. But then you just get into like the first one, two, three, four, five decisions. You're like, uh, what? (laughs) It's just... It's just a lot, you know, and I feel you. So I'm going to tell you guys what I did. And I actually am like very happy with the way that I went about this, which is why I want to share it with you guys. Because I get questions a lot about like, well, what's the first thing to do? Or, you know, my friends are like, oh, I'm going crazy. Or they get engaged and they're like, I literally don't even know where to start. So I, I think that this was pretty seamless. I'm recording this episode in advance before the wedding. The wedding is about 30 days away, which is exciting. So I'm really like getting to the end of this process. I got engaged in October of 2020 and my wedding is in April, 2022. So I'd say for that first you know, three months, this was all very, very vital. Would not change a thing. So first of all, again, congrats. You're engaged. You're going to get married. You're going to have a wedding. Woohoo. Pour the champagne, super important. Next, so maybe I should say like first pour champagne, but let's get serious. The first thing you should do is create a wedding email because this is now going to be the single most important tool in your toolbox, more than the groom. Like, this is what you need because. Everything you link and everything you reach out to and everything you start doing is going to be via email. And you're probably not as insane as I am, but I have like four emails. Um, but I need it. You need to like separate, like, not this is important stuff. Like, you do not put this in your, you know, kellygirl361 at, you know, yahoo.mail, like that you've had since eighth grade. Like, you want to make sure you have your own email for the wedding to respond to that is ready at any given moment. And this is nice because it will translate into like a joint email later. So I just made ours like, you know, austinkelly at gmail.com. And boom, we immediately, like I had people I knew I wanted to reach out to. So I started, you know, emailing them our, our wedding email. 
And then now we have that email together. So in the future, any sort of responsibilities, housing, bills, whatever, we can link it up to that one. And that's like our joint email. But through the whole process, it's been so nice to have one email to go to for everything that had all things wedding. And then typically, if I had new emails, it was in reference to the wedding that I needed to respond to from vendors. So it didn't get like buried. Like stuff is very, very time sensitive. So first stop shop, mega wedding email. I would recommend not dialing it like Sabraki wedding because later in life you can't really use that anymore. It's it's, it's not going to sustain the test of time. So doing your names or your last name or whatever is great. Um, and then your signature line, I put, you know, Kelly and Austin with our phone numbers and then also like the date of our wedding. If you don't know the date yet, totally fine. That's that's coming up. But kind of all the information the vendors needed right there. So step number one, this is definitely a hack. Highly recommend. Uh, number two goes tangential to the email. You're going to want to download these two apps, Zola and The Knot. And I use them for two very different things. So first, download The Knot, link your wedding email, and you can like message 20 vendors at a time on this thing. So I downloaded The Knot. We had pretty much decided at this point that we wanted to have the wedding in Columbus, which helps. And then we also have like kind of a general time frame. So I think at the time we were looking at fall. So if you have like a general idea of when it's going to be, go on the knot, go under vendors, and you're going to want to start looking for a venue and a date. So you can spam like 20 different venues. Like I would like type in Columbus type in the date range, and then we'd have 20 venues. It was like, boom, Magnolia Hill Farms, Jurgensen, blah, 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 blah. And I just started sending them the same message. So from there, I would get kind of like price points, availability, and that really helped give me an idea of like what we could and could not afford and what we wanted. So I think I got, you know, 20 to 25 responses back. And cut that in half of like what actually would work for my budget. So for example, I get, let's call it Spring Hill Farms back because I don't want to actually say the the actual venues because, you know, they're all great. It's fine. But some of these things are freaking expensive. So I'd get Spring Hill Suites back and they'd send me a little brochure and they'd say, here are our prices and packages. And that saved me time from like setting up a call or a meeting because I knew immediately if I could afford them or if I couldn't. And some of these places were crazy. Like it would be like 15000 just for the venue. Like didn't involve chairs or linens or tables or food or bar, literally any of that. It was like for the building, you're paying $15,000. And your girl is paying for the wedding. So I was like, I'm not going to do that. That's wild. And so from there, I kind of knew like, I really would like a venue that included all of those things. Like when you look at the brochures, you're going to see venues where you're literally just paying for the site. Like that's it. You're paying to get married at their farm or at their barn or at their insert structure here. So that's it. Like that's what you're paying for. It does not include literally anything else. And then there's other venues where it's like, you know, 10,000 minimum but it comes with a cake and it comes with the chairs and it comes with the forks and the knives and it comes with food. And you're like, oh, 
that's interesting, comes with food and you're paying for the venue at the same time. So I immediately knew that's what I was going for. Um, so then, you know, first was budget, but second, I was like, okay, now I'm looking for venues where this is all kind of like roped into the same cost. So that's tremendously helpful. And then you just kind of keep working from there. Like, boom, you know, start messaging, get all this feedback, and now you can have that open conversation with your fiance about priorities and kind of what you're looking for. So the second thing I was I was talking to you guys about is Zola. Download those because or download that app and that website because this is pretty much where I planned my whole wedding. Like I use the knot as more of like a resource. So vendors were very responsive. They email you back and you could look up 20 DJs at a time and kind of spam everything in that city that you wanted to find. But Zola really helped build where the building blocks toward the wedding. So you can have your entire guest list on there on Zola, one-stop shop, addresses, phone numbers. You can send them links and they input all the information themselves. And then once your wedding guest list is in there, like you can get invitations, you can build your wedding website, you can build your whole registry, you can get thank you cards, you can get Chris. I literally ordered Christmas cards with my guest list this year from Zola. Anything and everything is on that. So I would not say Zola is the best for like finding vendors, but I would say it's pretty much a one-stop shop A to Z for everything at your wedding. And since most of my nuts and bolts have been planned, I haven't really gone back on the Knot app. Um, I use that mostly like for the vendors. So download those two things. And I'll kind of go back to those in a second. So third, when you're thinking about, okay, you've got your wedding website, you've downloaded the Knot, you've downloaded Zola, like what do I do? The most important part, the most integral part is getting a date and a venue. That is the only thing that you really can't replace. Like you can always get another photographer. You can always get another hair and makeup artist. You can always get another DJ. You can always get all these other things. We can't get another groom, but you can't get another venue. Like once you find a venue you like, you, you got to run with it. Like you got to find out when they're available. So for me, as I mentioned, Austin and I kind of talked about it. Like once we started getting these prices back, we're like, okay, you definitely want a venue where it's kind of more inclusive kind of get the most bang for our buck. And we ended up going with the Meridian, the Joseph down in short North um, because the price included all of those things. You know, it was included the bar package and the the food and the setup and the teardown and all of that. And that was like exactly what we were looking for. But then another thing that we were talking about was how we loved location. Like that really mattered to us. In Ohio, like it's, I feel like it's a lot of barns, and we were like, okay, we're not barn people. So, like, what else is there for us? Again, that knocks out like another quarter of your list. So, it really helped narrow down. And then once we decided, like, we really like the Meridian, we did a virtual tour and everything, but we knew we had to act fast because it was COVID. We had asked for dates. So, even then, like, this was 2020, like, most of 2021 was already booked up. Insane. And I remember thinking back, like, how is that even possible? But then you're like, oh, everyone's wedding from 2020 got pushed into 2021. So we were already looking at 2022. And Austin was like, oh, like, let's do fall. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, I'm not waiting two years. Um, So we figured out what timeline worked best and how much time I wanted to plan and like what I did not want, which was I did not want to have a two-year engagement. So then we fell on April. So even then, they only had two weekends left. 
that's how quick it goes. So by far, the most important thing about the entire process is picking a venue and picking a date. And it sucks whenever you have like something that you're absolutely like your heart is set on and then they're booked and you're like, dang it. So that's definitely a priority. And I'll move into like now you've, you know, used the knot to find your venue and set up your appointments, that sort of thing. The next thing you're going to want to do now that you know when and where the wedding is going to be is start populating all that stuff on Zola. Start building the wedding websites or building your itinerary. And then you also now have a max and min number of how many people you can have there. For us, it was great because our max was 150. We had already made a guest list. And this is actually a really good pro tip. Bonus, I recommend making a guest list before you ever get engaged. I know, sounds crazy, but Austin and I, I got this advice years and years ago. And so like one night in Los Angeles, we cracked open a bottle of wine and just like brain dumped our guest list. And these were like the people, no doubt, like we were going to invite. And it was already 110, which is like, you know, a decent size, but like crap, like 110. Okay. That's not small. Like we definitely need a venue that can accommodate that. And then we want some wiggle room too, which works because we ended up moving to Chicago and like made a ton more friends here. But our venue was max 150. And then you'll find there's venues with minimums, like minimum 150 guests. And you're like, dang, like, okay, that's not really like I'm already pushing it to get to 150. So, so it's really good to have that built out. And the reason why I say before you ever get engaged is because when you get engaged, people reach out to you and they congratulate you and they send you glasses and ring dishes and you all of a sudden feel guilty about it. And you're like, oh my God, I really need to invite blah, blah, blah. Like Barb has to be on the list. And Austin and I would just be like, okay, Barb didn't make the list before. Like, let's put her on the alternate and see because, you know, like you want to make sure you stick true to yourself and like who is the most important for you to be there on your special day. So I definitely recommend and that kind of gives you an accurate head count. So side note, a little bonus for you guys. Back to originally scheduled programming, but start kind of building that website. But what do you need? So the next priority for me was photographer. After I booked the venue, photographers, I get it. Like they're a dime a dozen now. But when you have one you're obsessed with, you need to book them. So I already knew who my photographer was going to be. I knew it was going to be Bram Bender. He was my mentor. He's amazing. I couldn't live without him. Non-negotiable. Like he was going to be my photographer. So the second phone call I make was to him. And I was like, hey, are you available April 23rd, 2022? And he said, yes. I was like, thank God. So boom, booked him, deposit down. And the reason why this is important is because following, we planned our engagement photos. Now you might be thinking like, that's such a frivolous thing. We do not need to take engagement photos right off the bat. But here's why you do. You are going to use them for literally everything. Like save the date, wedding website, posts, at your wedding, like all of the things you're going to want your engagement photos for. I think the iPhone photos are cool. Any photos you've taken previously are great. But I loved that we had classy engagement photos because I knew I wanted a black tie wedding. And I have used the crap out of those photos. And we took them pretty early on, maybe like four months after we got engaged. But seriously, like taking the engagement photos, it makes it so easy to have not only like to get save the dates out, but to populate your wedding website. 
And I have friends who didn't take their engagement photos to like a year after they got <laughs> engaged. So then they were like sweating to get the save the dates out. And it's like, you know, girl, hustle. Like got to make sure that date's saved because people make plans or people commit to other weddings. So it's super important that you get that out. So again, like it seems frivolous, but I would say like that's like the fourth most important thing you need to do is to book your photographer and get your engagement shoot scheduled. Lastly, make your appointments for your wedding dresses. Wedding dress, wedding dress appointments. Here's why. That takes a minute. And now that you have a venue, you know kind of like what vibe you're going for. So for us, it was a very like modern, classy, upscale vibe. So I wasn't going to get like a boho style dress. Like I'm not a very boho person anyways. But I mean, maybe if I was getting married on the beach, I would be a boho bride. So excuse me, guys. Sunday evening, I'm over here. I'm tired. But yeah, so now I kind of knew the vibe. I knew it was going to be kind of classy and modern, and I was able to start looking at dresses. With COVID, dresses sometimes take like eight months to come in. Like I'm not trying to scare you, but you got to get your butt moving if you want to get a dress like not off the rack. And because I'm so small, I had I knew I wouldn't be able to buy off the rack. My sister bought off the rack. It was totally fine. You know, she was able to get it within three months, take care of it, boom, boom, boom. But again, if you are planning a wedding within, you know, a year-ish and you know you want to get a dress at a boutique or a store, absolutely need to start making appointments. So, you know, here I am. Now I'm on month two or three of being engaged. I sat down. I started calling Columbus bridal shops because I knew I was going to go back to Columbus and do kind of like a wedding weekend where I shopped for my dress. Keep in mind, wherever you get your dress, you need to be available to go back and do alterations. That can be a pain. I have no regrets because I don't even live in Los Angeles anymore and I would have gotten a dress there and then I would have been screwed. So I'm glad I got in Columbus. But definitely, you know, if you're like, oh, I'm going to go in town to see my parents, like get my dress there. Okay, be ready to go back to that town where your parents live because your dress is going to be there and so are your alterations. So with that, I made three appointments. And I remember talking to the consult, uh, the consultants on the phone. And they were like, you are so smart. Amazing job planning in advance because the wedding appointments are going quick. So I it was about three months out. It was January. I started planning appointments for March. And I was able to snag three appointments. And I could honestly talk all day about why I recommend three appointments but I'll give you guys like the cliff note version. So your first appointment, I recommend going to a spot you're not like over the moon about, like not your number one choice, but like your second or your third choice because that appointment's going to be really more like it's going to be hit or miss. Like you're going to start trying on all these different styles and the appointments are timed. They usually are only an hour long. So my very first appointment, I tried on like Every style in the book, everything I thought I didn't like, I'd put it on and just see like how I felt. Same thing, everything I thought I did like, I'd put it on, see how I felt. So the styles like I originally thought I was going to like, I put on on my first appointment and I was like, oh, I actually don't look that good in this. You know, like it wasn't flattering to me or just like it wasn't very me. So the first appointment's great for that to kind of like narrow in on what style, like do I want an A-line? Do I want a mermaid? Do I want a ball gown? Do I want a fitted? Do I want boho? 
once you've figured it out, like I was able to figure out my silhouette first appointment. So by the end of that, I was like, okay, I tend to keep like going to this silhouette. So for your second appointment, you can really like get down to business. So my second appointment, I walked in, I was like, hey, I really love when I am in this silhouette. And they're like, perfect. We'll start pulling a ton. So I could really be more focused during that appointment. And I tried on a ton of my favorite silhouette. I'm not saying it because this might come out before the wedding. But I tried on a ton and I found my dress. Now, I initially put it on and I was like, this is nice. But then it was one of those like nothing but top it. Like literally nothing was topping it. So I didn't cry yet. But I was like, dang, like I really loved that dress. And so then by the end of the appointment, the consultant was like, I hate to break it to you, but I think you found your dress. And I was like, huh? She's like, I keep pulling out everything else. And if you want to rock around the store, you can, but you keep talking about that one specific dress. So I literally walked around the store. I was like, no, let me look. And I walked around and I was like, dang, she's right. I don't really like any of these dresses. I only like want that one specific one. She's like, okay, I'll pull it back out for you. Pulls it back out. I start crying. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I love this moment. But I still had one more appointment left. And I knew if I didn't go to that appointment, I'd always like wonder like, what if I'd gone and my dress is there? So I didn't say yes to the dress. They took the dress away. We got in the car. We went to our last and final appointment. And that is exactly what happened. As soon as I started pulling out these different style dresses, I was like, no, nope nope, this is not, nope, this is not what I wanted. Like, I know I want this style. I love a good corset, blah, blah, blah. And nothing was doing it for me. And so I kid you not, like they were not like getting the picture. And then one of the consultants pulled me aside at the third appointment. And she's like, hey, I have a feeling I know what you're looking for and they don't have it here. So if you feel pretty certain that like that's your dress, like I wouldn't even waste your time. I literally got dressed in under 30 seconds and I popped my head out to my parents and I was like, we're leaving. And they're like, what? We've only been here for like 20 minutes. I was like, I I found it. So we like straight up Irish exited out of this place and got in the car and piled in like the Flintstones and drove back. So we wanted to get back before closing and called. They waited for me and had champagne ready. And I put the dress on and I said yes to the dress. But I feel like that third appointment is really like for validation. Either you're going to find your dress at the third and final appointment or you're going to be like, yeah, nothing tops it. Like I have to go back and get one of those dresses I tried on previously. But it's really tough. And it's exactly what happened is I said yes. And it took seven months for my dress to come in. Um, It took a while. And then alterations have taken a while. So I would definitely say like behind um, photographer and the venue, set those dress appointments and start like knocking it out. And I don't want to hear any of this like, oh, I need to lose weight. Like, no. No, you have time, honey. Like, you'll get those biceps. You'll get that back muscle. Like, come on. But we need to, like, look at this from a business perspective. Like, you need to go say yes, get it together, order it, and then, you know, then work on your fitness or your health or whatever you want to do for the wedding. That's fine. But you need to, like, get moving because this is, this is not – the wedding dress industry is not going to wait for you. So I'm really, really happy I got it when I did. And it was a huge stress relief. Like I already got my dress and I knew I loved it. And then I've been, you know, working slowly but surely going back to Columbus to get my alterations done. So in summation, I know that was a lot, but 
I'll say number one, build your wedding email right off the bat. Share it with your fiance, have it on your Google app, whatever, or Gmail, but have that as a one-stop shop for everything that you're doing for your wedding planning. And then that also is like obviously attached to a Google drive. So I have so many folders on my Google drive under our wedding email of receipts, invoices, plans, playlists, literally everything I have under this this uh, drive under that Gmail. Two, download the NOP and download Zola. Great resources. I'm telling you right now, I absolutely love Zola. Pretty inexpensive. They always have coupon codes. And it was just nice that everything was in one place. Next, the venue. Start researching. Start asking. Start setting up meetings. But utilize the, all those brochures that you get to kind of start narrowing in on like what you want, what kind of what tickles your fancy and really pay attention to that because it's very overwhelming and you might be like, oh, like I love the farm, but I also love this, but I also love this. But what do you love more? And that's what you need to start looking at. Next, the photographer and the engagement photos. I tell you, the engagement photos are key. So many bride-to-bes I know get hung up on the process because they're waiting for engagement photos. And that like that matters to you. You, I ho- highly recommend you do an engagement session. If you've listened to any of my episodes with Brand Bender, we've explained to you why. Um, but you also just from like a planning perspective, you're gonna utilize those photos in more ways than one. And then lastly is making the appointments for your dresses. Highly recommend you make three appointments. Start looking. Start getting a vibe of what you like. I chose a completely different dress than what I thought I would. And I feel like this happens with most. So keep, you know, obviously you can Pinterest all you want. It's totally fine, but it's going to be different when you actually start trying stuff on. So with that, I'm hoping this episode comes out right around the wedding. Like hopefully you guys are putting on eyes of like what I planned and all the work that I put into it. Um, But these were my initial building blocks. The first three months I got engaged was super helpful. Highly recommend. Congratulations for those of you who are newly engaged. Take a deep breath. like Enjoy it. I have absolutely loved being engaged for a year and a half because we did like a ton of planning. It's the first like four or five months and then eh, probably the first six months. And then we had like a solid six months to chill. Once everything was booked, florists, DJ, Everything, everything for the venue was booked. Then we chilled and we got to be engaged and it was great. And we planned showers and this and the fun and the bachelorette parties and all that. That's terrific. But it gets real like the last four months. It gets very, very, very real. These last 90 days leading up to the wedding have been so busy and so demanding and it's going to be worth it. I know it's going to be great. I'm definitely excited to get a little bit of my time back, but for those of you who are getting married under a year, like you cannot wait on these things. Like the wedding industry takes time. And if you want what you want and you're very particular, like you got to start moving out and make sure these things don't get bugged up. So I hope that you're able to walk away with some tools. Another bonus tip, go on Instagram, type in hashtag Columbus florist, hashtag Columbus cake maker, hashtag Chicago wedding dress shop, any of those hashtags in the city where you're getting married because you might find even better places than The Knot or than Zola. And the, usually the number one, two or three recommended place on The Knot is like way pricier. 
And my cake designer, I actually found on Instagram. And holy cow, I think she's more talented than anyone I saw in the knot. So use that as a resource too, because you might find people who are just as qualified, but they, you know, maybe don't have the budget to go on, you know, the knot and and put out ads or whatever. So do that, take some time, but have fun and enjoy it. And just remember like the day is going to be perfect. And I need to tell myself that over and over again, but these tools will hopefully give you some steps to really just knock this out of the park and make it easier for you to relax and enjoy being engaged. Congratulations, guys. And thank you so much for tuning in to Misunderstood. I think it's very misunderstood that this is, you know, nothing but hectic, crazy chaos. And I get sad when people don't enjoy being engaged. I have loved being a bride to be. I've loved it. I'm going to miss it. And that's what you should feel. You know, hopefully you're only doing this one time and you get to just feel all the feelings. Do it. Be extra. Wear the white dress to everything. Like, absolutely. So thanks so much, guys. Until next time, this is Kelly Hall with Misunderstood. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Misunderstood Podcast. I love hearing from you guys. And I want you to take a screenshot of this episode, tag at misunderstood.podcast on Instagram and share a takeaway from today's episode. Something you loved, something you wanted more of, whatever it is, it helps me learn what you guys want to hear. Please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify. I want to give a special shout out to my friends at Hatch for producing this episode. If you're looking to launch a podcast or if you already have one, you can get unlimited podcast editing by visiting usehatch.fm. That's usehatch.fm. Thanks so much, guys. Until next week, this is your misunderstood Kelly Hall. Kelly Hall.